This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Total Lawn. Total Lawn provides scientifically engineered lawn care products to homeowners, hobbyists and lawn care professionals. Their range of fertilisers and biostimulants will keep your lawn looking lush, green and moss-free all year round. I use Total Lawn products for my customers and on my own lawn, and I think you should too. The team at Total Lawn put quality above anything else when they're producing their lawn feeds. They use ingredients that are rarely if ever used by their competitors to give you the best lawn possible. Try Total Lawn today at totallawn.co.uk and use code Care at the checkout to receive 10% off your whole order. Total Lawn are so confident in their products that you can use them on your lawn and if you're not happy with the results, you can get in touch with them up to 90 days later for a full refund. Go to totallawn.co.uk and transform your lawn. Hello everyone and welcome back to another J-Rocks Lawn Care and Gardening podcast. Here we are on episode number 57 entitled Handling the Heat. So with this uh, episode here, for those that listen week in week out, you know that I try and stick to whatever's kind of going on in the world, whatever's, you know, not politically, but what's going on that's relative to us as gardeners, lawn care specialists, groundsmen, whatever it might be. And the very prominent thing this week is going to be the heat or going into next week. And this is just something I'm going to kind of touch on and, and talk about in just some ways that you can handle it and what you should kind of be looking to do with sort of the experience I suppose I have with, you know, working in these sort of temperatures because it can really get you, um, get at you. So before we do, I just want to touch on with last week's episode. That one was with Ryan. For those that haven't listened to it, it was an interview from Ryan, the Lawn JP. Great episode. That's episode number 56. And for those that didn't listen or haven't got around to it just yet, because a lot of years when you find the podcast, things like that, you click on like the newest episode, you can see instead of like working backwards but that was with Ryan he's a commercial he works for a commercial firm doing grounds maintenance so he uses all the big kit and machinery and basically he's he's team lead for big areas but at the same time he's also making his own treatments and sort of lawn care business so he's got that growing on the side as well and that was a really interesting chat to find out his thoughts on sort of how them two intertwine and doing the commercial stuff as well as the domestic stuff under himself. So please check that out if you haven't already. Going from that, we've also got another review on on our iTunes, what again is really appreciated, as I say to all of you, it's like the number one best thing that you can do to kind of support the, the podcast as it will. So this one was from Gunnacat, and it was another five-star review, thank you very much. And it's thought-provoking me into... The title's cut out there, so I'm guessing it's going my into my own business. But uh, it's a five-star review, and it reads, Really enjoy these podcasts. Sam's seen a gap in the UK podcast market with these gardening lawn care pods. Much needed and more relevant to the UK domestic and commercial gardening than US ones I've heard before. Great tips. Has been very useful to me. I've been in the industry for 10 years, but time with, with doing my own business. Great to hear others' experiences and common things to deal with and resolve. I must listen for all gardeners, new or old, in the gardening professional. Ollie. So, Ollie, thank you very much for leaving that really nicely kind-worded review. It is really appreciated. Um, 
yeah, that goes a long way because not only do I get a bit of feedback from you guys, but I also have it out there and obviously you can't hide any of these reviews so it's there for the world to see if they come across the podcast and they want a little insight to how it's going to be then you know they've got all these lovely five star reviews from all you listeners so thank you very much so yeah where we are at the minute a couple of things on myself what's kind of changed in the last little while is for those that have been listening and kind of taking an interest in my own personal side of things I was kind of pulling in out with the fact that I had uh, a house that I was going for. Now, up in the the Scottish sort of side of the world up here, you can't trump someone after an offer's already been accepted. I believe it's called getting kazumped. So it, down in the U, uh, in England and Wales, I believe as well, probably Northern Ireland as well. If you have an offer in, someone can st- still then last minute, you know, go above you. Whereas in Scotland, as soon as that offer's accepted, that's you. You're set. You know, unless something falls through on your end, no one can just bid above you. So, as you know, that kind of happened when we went down a bit of more three, four weeks ago, I think it was, when we were going for a house that we really liked. So, this has all kind of put a lot of uh, stress on the business for anyone that's had to relocate homes while running the business or doing two jobs, whatever it is. It can be between all the the talking between your estate agents and solicitors and you know any third parties that may be involved or just looking and booking appointments and viewing things it can be stressful a little bit okay it can be quite a lot of work but on this one we seem to have hit possibly lucky um i think we've this house has been on the market for about four years it's they've never been in a place to actually sell it because you know for whatever reasons they had as in they were never able to move on to another house so they couldn't actually accept any of the offers that were coming in. And we've just kind of swooped in at what seems the right time. And they've just found somewhere that, you know, just hits this kind of week. So for those that I spoke to closely, you know, it's got... A, the reason why I'm mentioning this is because it's opening a lot of things for the business as well. You know, luckily enough, it's got a it's got a bit of room around it. And it's got, you know, a detached garage that would be very useful for the business. So I'm hoping to bring that into play and uh, hopefully for anyone that does follow me on YouTube as well. I realise I haven't been posting much but for everything that's going on at the moment is the exact reasons why. Um, I've just had so much between the business trying to get moved and everything else in between that it's just packed out at the moment. But podcasts are my uh, the content that I'm, I'm choosing to make sure that I get done and make sure I still get a push out there. So any any issues or ideas on podcasts or kind of content that I can give you through this platform, let me know because, like I say, this is the one that I'm still sort of pushing out there and giving towards you. So, yeah, that house is hopefully going through. The only thing with it is that it's on a very big hill, at the top of a very big hill, in the middle of kind of nowhere. So when winter comes, I do not know how these little sort of country roads are going to handle it considering it's not on a gritter's route either, because it's like this private, not your own private road, but it's it's a private road towards like a hamlet of houses. So we'll see how that goes. But what I am hoping to do is, if that does go through, please everyone listening, have your fingers crossed, then, uh, then I'm hoping to record quite a bit of content, because at the minute, it's a gravel garden, what breaks me. So <laughs> I'm going to have quite a lot of work to kind of maybe take out about 30 conifers and you know 
push some gravel around and actually get some grass and borders dug in and so there's a, there's a whole project there that I can hopefully refer back to you and and sort of take you through on YouTube and everything else but yeah so that's what's happening with me so dealing with the heat this is now really at the forefront of our minds because if you're working away in it today a lot of you listening on on Mondays and Tuesdays when you're just back at work and uh you know, I'm guessing you're, you're really feeling it. Most years are probably just going out in it. Or a lot of years even might be sacking it and saying, look, that's a bit too hot to, to be doing whatever I'm planning on doing. I'll do something else instead. Now, dealing with the heat is, it's a, it's something that can really pop up on you. So I'm, I'm not teaching anyone to suck eggs. You know, you've all been alive long enough to know that when you get hot, you, you make sure that you're drinking enough water. Okay, so hydration is obviously key. But that's that's just kind of one regard of it. The reason why I sort of bring this up is a, a couple of things that we used to do when when I was deployed over in South Sudan. What was six months over there, you know, it was on the regular, it was mid-30s. And then, you know, quite often it was, and it's a different heat over there. I mean, I think everyone kind of says it when, when you're over anywhere in a warm country. But if it says it's 30 degrees on the, on the, on the thermostat, you're like, no, that's that's definitely hotter than that. So it just kind of depends where you are and what you're doing. But mid-30s, and then quite often we'd go into the sort of mid-40s as well. And it seems, so up here in Scotland, we're not too bad, especially where I am. Like heat wave, heat wave, heat wave. And I, th- I had a look, and we are looking at temperatures of around about 22, 21 so for any of our audience that listens from anywhere else in the world that gets probably that on a daily basis, it doesn't sound like a lot, but for us up here that don't normally get it, you know, when you do get it, you feel it. So anyone that, I always see the conversation between like Americans and the Brits when like we complain about something and they go that, you know, saying that that's, that's nothing compared to what they do. They deal with it every day. But what you've got to remember is the word acclimatization. So it takes a good sort of, I think it's 7 to 14 days to actually get acclimatised to whatever weather conditions that you're in. So when we would go over to South Sudan, the first two weeks were basically like, you know, light duties. We'd go there, we'd set up sort of our fob areas, we'd get settled in with all of our kit stores, any plans for tasks that we had, like concrete and grounds maintenance, uh, installation of pathways, whatever it was. All the planning sort of went ahead first. To give everyone a chance to get used to the heat. So why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because you don't really have that chance. <laughs> if you're here in the UK, then you know you're going from it being 20 degrees one day to 38. I've seen it down in Surrey, so you know you're playing around the 40 degrees depending on where you are. You know, you've got that in the space of probably 24 to 48 hours. You do not have enough time to be fully used to the heat. So if you're still planning on going out and doing an eight to ten day of 10 hour day of you know hedge cutting non-stop or something where you you know you, your body's going to be under stress and like working you know at a high level so like non-stop hedge cutting at height you know if you're going to be on the strimmer for hours just walking through a field and you're just going to be getting the blazing sun you know whatever it might be like that you are gonna be feeling it massively the main point here as well is for your employees like you know if you're in charge of this so one of the things that we had I was like a section lead, um, so the way it worked is I was 
in command of like one of the tasks and then you'd have between somewhere between eight and twelve lads and lasses underneath you that you take them through the site doing whatever whatever task you're doing and you know it was something like if the temperature hit a certain point we'd have to down tools and you'd go into the shade and you'd basically everyone would get a half an hour break no matter what you know basically semi-closed down the site it was normally between the hottest hours of the day so what you tend to do and this might be a good thing to do the hot hours there usually just after lunchtime one o'clock ish take an extended lunch so either take an extended break but what we also used to make sure that we done is some days we'd start at five so we'd get up early start at five then we'd work till about that half twelve and then we'd either just do admin for the rest of the day what might be a pretty good show to do so that you're you're completely off the tools for the rest of the day or you come back to it later on so on our worst kind of days, well, I'm guessing you're not going to probably do, but we would start at five to whenever it got, you know, pretty unbearable. And then we would come back, we'd take whatever break that would be, four or five hours through the hottest point. Then we'd go back out on a task at like 7 p.m. If it was really bad, some nights it would start at like sort of 11 p.m. And then you'd work through the night if it was any works that you could do um, in the in the dark with, you know, assisted lighting. So depending on what you're doing more labor side that i would say if you're doing hard landscaping maybe for a firm or something like that you might want to bring in them sort of alternative hours but the chances is a couple of days you can just move things around so one of the easiest points i would say is if you've got something that's absolutely demanding of you on monday tuesday and you're in one of these high heat areas then i would recommend you know if you can move that to one of the colder days let's say thursday then you know possibly look at swapping things around if you've got an easier day elsewhere all everything to do with heat is just managing yourself managing your team making sure that you're having them water breaks i'm not going to speak about the actual amount of water hydration you're going to have per hour or anything like that because that is completely down to you and the way we used to manage it is there used to be basically a chart on how hard of a job you're doing let's just say one or four i can't remember exactly but then also the heat index you'd have. So in certain temperatures, you could only do certain bits of work. And now you might think, I don't have anything like this in place. Of course you don't. You know, in, in the UK, we're quite often sitting between, you know, 13 and 18 degrees, you know, for our summers. You know, it does go into the 20s. But, you know, quite often we're between that range on like an average day. Now... You don't may not have that sort of bigger indexes on the heat index and what type of work is what sort of stress and blah blah blah, but what it should be a guide to is if you're just one man and a guy, right? You probably don't need that in, but it's to be aware that these bigger companies like the British military that work overseas and the go to hot places, they do have them in place because they've got the record of it being, you know, the, the effects heat can have really on you. So you've really just got to take it. In, in, in consideration that you need to stop for your water breaks if i was you every time you finished a job if you're jumping garden to garden i'll just make sure that you had that extra few minutes in the van with the aircon taking a drink of water and just you're ensuring that you're going through you know i mean if you're not drinking a couple of liters throughout your working day then there's something wrong anyway but uh you know definitely a couple of liters in the morning a couple of liters in the afternoon that's kind of what we went out for with the uh, when we were out in South Sudan and working in the heat, is we were making sure that we at least had somewhere between three to five liters, depending on the kind of work that we were doing and how long we were out for. So managing the heat is a huge thing. 
Um, it really is. It's something that if you're if you're not aware of it, it can you know sunstroke, all that sort of stuff can can hit you pretty fast, and people can start going man down. You do not want that. You know, so I'd say any chance you get to go to the shade, sit down for a bit, chill out, you need to. Don't expect yourselves to be having full days of, you know, a full day of work at the same capacities that you do on normal days because it will hit you. I mean, for example, Sunday just gone there and I haven't fully recovered from it yet, as in got back on top of the workload, is Sunday it was, it was dry as a bone. You know, mid twenties. What again? Doesn't sound like a lot, but I don't know what it was. It must have been the amount, the amount I drank, or I don't know. But that hit me like a ton of bricks on Sunday, and I actually had to cut, cut the working day early, just because I, I know my own body. I know how I feel, and you know, you especially as a solo owner operator, you can't just crack on and say, no matter what, um, I'm just gonna work through it. Because if you go man down, on a two acre plot, and you're out of sight, out of mind then, you know, that's that's bad news, like, you know, it's, it's not going to be good for you. So you need to be extra aware and just sort of chill out a little bit. I'm just looking here, as I'm going through the podcast, there's actually the weather on in the background, but fittingly enough, and I'm seeing all the, like, the red gauges it's showing on the, uh, on the UK map there. Now, it hasn't actually set any temperatures yet of, this is the, the most up-to-date, but it does, it looks like the whole country, when it goes through the yellow, like the amber amber and the red, it, it's more or less going to go everywhere, all to do the high pressures or whatever it is. So, oh wait, there we go, temperatures. So London, where it's in 29, yeah, Hull 26, Aberdeen 19. So that's Saturday, so that's today. So for you guys down south, you're already probably feeling it being close at them 30s. There's a lot of years that's been sending pictures through of of um, the lawns fully burnt off. Really, we don't have it that bad up here, but the lawns that aren't getting any water at all, they're, they're definitely going that way. For the domestic ones that I'm sort of taking care of, there's still bits of green to them. I'm personally still putting fertiliser down on some of these lawns. There you go, Sunday, London, 32, just to go off Cardiff, 30. Oh, there you go, London, actually, sorry. 40, I'm doing this live, I'm speaking, so 40 degrees London we're looking at on Monday, 23 degrees up in Aberdeen, 31 degrees Newcastle, so it's going to be pretty hot for everyone, wherever you are, sort of are, it seems to be that sort of thing across the board. Now the the thing is with that, what I'm talking about with putting the fertiliser down, it can obviously cause a lot more problems than what it's going to aid if we're just getting these barren, barren temperatures, if we're getting it like you are down south, I would not be applying any sort of form of treatment because the lawns more or less going dormant, as you're seeing, you know, the amount of sort of straw-like lawns that I've been seeing across the Instagrams and stuff like that at the minute is more than what I think I've probably ever seen, uh, you know, it's really taking a hit, but for us, you know, we're, we're going to be getting a bit warmer, but over the last couple of days, we've been low 20s with cloud, and it's been clouded over, so I've still been recommending everyone, we've still been getting growth. I've been recommending all my clients up in Scotland. There's a lot of us that aren't. I don't think anyone's on water meters, if I if I'm right in saying that. But we don't pay for our water like you do in England. Water is actually already part of council tax, so we don't pay like a water water bill as such. So anyway, I've been recommending all my clients. You know, get the water down, get the water down. For those that are on treatment plans, look, we can push it, 
but like we're not getting them severe heat so as long as you keep up with your water then we'll be all right but to be honest it's kind of a site that's hard to get done anyway for anyone that knows that applies treatments for clients or even just looks after the lawns and you're advising your clients to water them it's it's one of the hardest things to get them to do for some reason and you know there's renovations that I've done and they looked great for all of eight weeks you know as the blade had sufficient everything while they kept on top of watering and then you know fast forward a good few months and some of them are you know, they're burnt off at the edges, they're getting a bit sparse to where, you know, some of the the weaker grasses, I suppose, where the roots weren't developed as much as start to sort of burn off. So it, it's it's a shame. and But sometimes it's a water pressure as well. So it's not always the homeowner's fault thinking of it that way, but it's it's definitely a necessity that needs to like be hard as water, water, water. But yeah, I, I get it for you guys down there that are probably going on hosepipe bands and and uh, you maybe have to pee on a water meter, whatever it might be. It's not always possible. But for myself up here, where we don't pay for the water or anything else, then I'm just advising clients to chuck down water, you know, more or less da- daily in some of these in some of these heats that we're having. You know, it's so warm at night. It really doesn't matter when you're watering this stage. Just having some form of moisture in the ground is gonna help somewhat. So if you're able to do that, and your clients aren't paying per litre or what, what, however you pay for your water and you're getting it free of some form then just get them to get some water down because it's going to massively help one thing and it'll also pass itself onto you you're going to still be able to go there every week two weeks and cut that lawn whereas if it does go completely dormant then you know the first time it does you can maybe get away with cutting it and being like oh well I didn't exactly know but you know you can't tip up there week after week after week and cut a dormant lawn that doesn't really need cut um yeah so you've got to kind of watch how you do that and the advice you give them but the truth of it some people just don't care they want to cut to get kept down and cut and to be left neat and if it goes dormant and they don't need to pay someone to cut it at that point then they're probably pretty happy with that but with the heat the main sort of things that i can pass over to you what's what's obvious is be making sure that you take on water and not just yourself, we call it in the military the buddy-buddy system, where it's you looking out on your six for whoever it might be. So whoever you're working with, you look out for them, and your buddy looks after you, and you just ensure anything anything different, sort of eyes rolling back to the head, like big sort of slouching movements, uh, if, the, if they're starting to slur the words, this sort of thing, if they're looking really red in the face, not just sunburn, but you know, just very red and worn, you know, these are just signs that you know, don't be like, oh, you haven't put sun cream on. It's your own fault, mate. You know, this is someone that you've got to take care of and they're under your books, right? You're in charge of of their wellness as well as anything else. So little these little factors of this also getting incredibly cold, um, sign of sunstroke as well, if, if you all of a sudden stop chattering and feeling really chilly, then, okay, you could have been hit by too much sun at that point as well. So also rashes heat rash all that sort of stuff just watch out for it watch out for your buddy and they'll look after you if you're working by yourself then you just need to make sure that the prevention is the absolute key thing here as it is for everyone really is you're taking them breaks i think out the worst we had it in south sudan we were having to take a compulsory break every 
45 minutes, I believe it was, for the type of work they're doing. I think it was every 45 minutes we'd take a 15-minute break and you go, oh, that sounds stupid. But, you know, when you're in your full military sort of gear and you're working doing concreting or hot pours or, you know, removing rubble or whatever it is and you're doing it in 40-degree heat, it soon gets on top of you and even just walking around in boots just becomes an absolute chore. So for those that haven't came across it yet or you're just new to working outdoors, then when when this comes and hits you, just be kind of aware for it and take them breaks. So if you need to implement something like that, that every 45 minutes you have a 15-minute break, then do it. You know, you're still going to get three quarters of your work done in that day just with more relevant breaks and just take it at an easier pace. Um, yeah, I don't want to teach you to suck eggs too much. So I hope this hasn't just been a waffle on. I hope it's provided some some occurrence of I wasn't actually thinking about it like that. Because let's face it, some years might be looking at this weather and just go, right, well, I'll take the day off, you know, instead of taking Saturday, Sunday off the week after, you know, I'll, I'll take off Monday, Tuesday. And if that's the way you're going to do it, then, hey, that's absolutely fine. But, yeah, that's about all I've got to say on that this week. I just want to hand in your work in the heat. Get clients to water loans. It's the only thing you can kind of do. Get into some shade if needs to be whenever you sort of can. Obviously, you've got PPA, so you've got your sunglasses, you've got caps. You can have um the, like, but I do know what they're called, actually. It's like a, a neck cover. You get them with your chainsaw helmets, whatever that might be. Stops the sun from beating on the back of your neck. They're good to use. If you're, if you're Mike Deer, or if you've seen that, that revelation last year, he's got them neck fans from Amazon. Bit late to order one now, but, you know, it just looks like a, a small small pair of headphones that go around your neck but they're actually cool headphones uh, neck fans so from what i seen that was a game changer for all you down south last year uh, that, that needed them and required them so that sun cream plenty of water with you and yeah just you know take care of yourselves out there it's gonna be an absolute blazer so yeah that's all i can kind of advise for it but with regards to what I was saying earlier on with myself, I am going to try and keep you up in the loop. In the loop, for anyone that's interested with this whole house thing, if I was to kind of describe it, it's a little hamlet, top of a hill, detached garage, and it's got a large gravel area that is currently just used for nothing. That is such a shame. It's it's sort of raised three foot above the rest of the ground level. And it's just, yeah, it's been backfilled, I'm guessing, with loads of topsoil. But then there's however much gravel on top to just keep a low maintenance. My plan is to move all that down and get a lawn in there so that everyone can kind of sort of, uh, when I have, you know, family over or son over or whatnot, we can still play on the lawn, you know, play games, you know, play football, whatever we're going to do. But I definitely do not want to not have a lawn, <laughs> as anyone that's followed me can probably understand. So there's quite a bit of work to be done, same with removing conifers, and I'm going to be doing different planting of border systems and all that sort of stuff. So I'll, you know, fingers crossed that it all goes through. And like I say, if you can keep your fingers crossed as well, then I'd really appreciate that because last time we did get outbidded um, during the sort of bit of more phase. So we shall see. But anyway, you guys take care and girls. I really hope that you have a, a decent week's work. And if it is too hot, just get back in the van, stick the aircon on, cool down and hydrate yourselves. Okay. You do not want to just fall into the trap of, you know, getting hurt basically and, and pushing yourselves too far. 
So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Something a bit, I felt a bit informative actually, didn't it? Not as in like, felt like I was trying to teach something when I, that, that isn't the way I was trying to come across. But uh, have a great week, stay safe, and I'll see you again next week. Take care.